Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Okay, thanks. Welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new around here, my name is Jordan. I'm the host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I'm a mum of two boys. I've got Jai, who is three, Ali, who is one and a half. And alongside Kiwi Birth Tales, I also have Your Birth Project. Your Birth Project is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. It is an online store and it is a pregnancy, birth and postpartum journal. So if you want to find out more about that, make sure you head to at Your Birth Project on Instagram. Whew, I've been trying to pump out these birth story episodes because I'm getting uh, lots of messages that there's not enough <laughs> or they're not coming uh, often enough because I know the feeling if you're pregnant, you just want to be binging um, all of the stories. So totally get it. I'm doing my best to get you as many as I can in a week. Um, so today I am speaking with the lovely Sophie and Sophie has, I think, one of the most important conversations that we'll ever have on this podcast um, to share. So she talks us through her surprise pregnancy with her daughter Lucy. Um, They had to work through a decision whether or not they wanted to actually keep the pregnancy and once they had decided that, um, she talks through what that looked like from there. She had planned a birth center birth and ended up giving birth in hospital, which she was totally fine about. She ended up having an epidural um, and she talks us through her birth experience and then transferring to birth care postpartum. But the most important part of this conversation, in my opinion, is when we talk about maternal mental health and postpartum depression and anxiety and how all of those feelings sort of came about for her after giving birth to Lucy and what that looked like. So Lucy is two now. I feel like Sophie does an incredible job of talking to us about what that time in her life was like and how she got the help and support that she needed and the sort of system that she had in place and really just learning to love Lucy and learning to bond with her and those feelings not coming um, straight away like we often hear about or talk about. So such an important conversation. I'm so grateful to Sophie for being so vulnerable and open and honest with us. I think if you're feeling like you're in a similar sort of position or you have these feelings and you're like, yeah, that actually sounds a lot like me, just encourage you to reach out to somebody, ask for help talk about the way that you're feeling. Sophie's got some great suggestions at the end of her episode. So hopefully um, if you get something out of this episode, I'm sure Sophie would love to hear from you. I'll make sure that I tag her on socials as well. But I will stop talking now. I will let you enjoy the episode. Of course, I'm so grateful for you having me in your ears again today. And I hope that you get what you're looking for from this episode. Let's jump into it. Hi, Sophie. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Sophie and I live with my husband, Alex, and our daughter, Lucy, who is now two. Um, and we've got a wee pug and cat. And sorry, mm-hmm. sorry if you can hear some snoring in the background, <laughs> I swear it's not me. Um, and we live in Auckland. Um, yeah, we both work 
oh, I work four days a week. Alex works full time, and yeah, we're pretty pretty busy. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, amazing, awesome. And we're going to talk through your journey to pregnancy and your pregnancy with Lucy, and then into your birth story and sort of postpartum journey. So, why don't we start with um, yeah, what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Alex? <laughs> It was a big surprise. Um, (laughs) We had just moved home from living in the UK um, right when COVID kicked off and we were in a flat with some friends and one day I I just had a feeling, I wasn't sure, but I did a test. I got up earlier in the morning to go to work, did a test and um, it was positive and I think I was kind of in shock, but, <laughs> and then I just went, I was about to leave for work and I went into Alex who was asleep and I just said, Alex, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? <laughs> and then, and then I left for work. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I left, I left him in a bit of, in a state of shock, but yeah, no, that was, that was all good. Um, we, yeah, it was obviously a surprise. We weren't quite sure that was what we wanted. So we went through the process of um, speaking to the GP and to the, I'm not actually sure what it's called, the um, abortion um, counselling services uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, to decide what we wanted to do. But Maybe through we, family planning, I think. Do they usually do that? I think so. We spoke to yeah. a counsellor. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It must have been through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as we had our first appointment, we knew straight away that we couldn't go through with that, um, that that just wasn't for us and that's fine. Um, so, yeah, we carried on with it. <laughs> Decision made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what sort of happened from there? Like did you try and find a midwife? Did you know what to do next? What did that look like? Um, I think I just went online on that website and oh, yeah. found a midwife that was close-ish to us. Um, yeah. she was really nice, Joe. She was, she was great. She was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, gosh, awesome. seems, it's weird to think about that now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. Um, and she worked out of birth care in Parnell. So we went down the route of the like hypnobirthing, um, class that was put on there yeah, um awesome. I didn't really enjoy it and <laughs> <laughs> in, in hindsight I should have done yours but that's okay I can do that next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and how were you feeling um in the first trimester did you have morning sickness or any other pregnancy symptoms um I think I had morning sickness it was not I don't think it was bad compared to other people it was not nice but Hmm. it sort of moved on once you had some snacks and carried on and then I think it stopped about 14 weeks and then I got um what is it when you can't sleep at night when you wake up insomnia insomnia yeah I got insomnia for the rest of the pregnancy and it was the absolute pits I would wake up at about 2 2 30 in the morning every morning and I never went back to sleep Oh no, it's yeah, awful, it was, isn't it? That feeling. It, it was the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did anything help you? Like, I know there'll be people out there listening, thinking, like, "Oh my god, that is me." <laughs> did anything yeah. help you? Um, I I tried all of the things. I got um, like 
nighttime rescue remedy. I mm. tried melatonin, got the pregnancy pillow. His name was Travis. Alex <laughs> didn't like Travis. Mm. Um, I tried like lavender creams. <sighs> Nothing really helped no. me, I don't think. Um, yeah. I got given a prescription for um, like prescription sleeping tablets. Oh, uh, yeah. My GP was, she sort of said it's, it's okay, but don't do it all the time. So I just mm. sort of decided to not do it. That just didn't sit quite right with me. But mm. Mm. yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, it just was what it was. It was just a season. You just yeah. power through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And did you do like all of the testing that was offered to you? Did you want to find out the sex of your baby? What did that look like for you guys? Um, I did really want to find out the sex, but I just couldn't justify that <laughs> price for the NIPT. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. So we didn't do that. We just did all of the like the routine um, blood tests, ultrasound sort of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And we found out the sex at 20 weeks. Yeah. I really wanted a boy. Um, I have a sister, so I've done all the girl things, and so I really wanted <laughs> to do the boy things, and yeah. so I definitely was very disappointed when I found out that <laughs> we were having a girl. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, obviously wouldn't change anything. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you like overcome that? Because I think I, I actually get a lot of messages about gender disappointment and feeling mm. like feeling disappointed, and it's probably not something that people talk about that often. So how long did it take you to sort of work through that? And yeah, what did that look like for you in pregnancy? It definitely took a couple of months, I'd say, to get over. Um, Mm. And a friend of mine at work was probably about six weeks behind me in pregnancy. And she had a boy and um, was pregnant again, yeah, six weeks behind me and found out she Mm. was having another boy. So I was I was jealous, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah didn't help at the time, but yeah, I don't know. You just, I was definitely disappointed, but gutted, mm. but yeah, it took a yeah. couple of months and it sort of figure out what is exciting about doing the girl thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And what about? I know you said you did the hypnobirthing thing um, mm. at your birth care. Did you do any other antenatal education or like, yeah, birth education or anything like that? Um, I read the Ina May Gaskin book, oh, yeah. which I enjoyed. Um, and yeah, listened to these, I guess. Um, yeah. But apart from that, yeah, I don't think I really put my heart into the hypnobirthing thing. Just those mm. just wasn't quite for me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And what about um, thoughts around like what kind of birth you wanted to have? Did you have a birth plan or any idea mm. in mind about what they looked like? Yeah, um, we definitely had a birth plan or idea. Um, I work in a hospital so I just had a thing about not wanting to give birth in hospital mm-hmm. <laughs> for no reason I just felt a bit weird um so yeah. we were going to go to birth care and it was we went in there for all of our antenatal appointments and it looked really lovely mm. um and yeah the water birth um seemed like a nice idea so we just sort yeah. of had the idea of going into birth care water birth pain relief that was there if required and 
sort of just open to whatever needed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about the end stages of your pregnancy? So how were you feeling towards the end of your third trimester? And yeah, what did those final few weeks of pregnancy look like for you? I was very tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wasn't sleeping. I Mm. said I would work up until I got to 38 weeks because I thought I won't want to be at home. I just want to be busy and blah, blah, blah. And then I got to like 36 weeks and I was like, get me out of here. (laughs) I never want to work another day in my life. No, no, no. Um, Yeah. So I sort of stopped work a little bit earlier than intended. And my boss was really good about it. I was sort of leaving work at about lunchtime anyway, so I could go home and sleep because I was kind of a walking zombie. And then I would just go to the pool most days and submerge myself so that I didn't have to (laughs) feel the weight on my hips. Um, Yeah. So that was, that was pretty tough, but yeah, I just, just rested. And I think it must've been like just before 40 weeks, I started getting, I don't think it was really Brixton Hicks. I think it was like early labor and it would go, I'd get these contractions like really regular and painful for almost all day. And then it would get to about 6 PM at night and they'd just stop. Mm. (laughs) And that had happened every annoying. (laughs) It was so annoying, probably more so annoying for Alex who thought, right, it's on, but it wasn't. (laughs) And then another couple of days would go by and nothing would happen. And then it would happen again. I think it happened Mm -hmm. three days with a couple of days rest in between. So that, that was also really tiresome. Yeah, yeah. And so end of your pregnancy, did you end up going into spontaneous labor? How far along were you when yeah, labor actually kicked off and um what happened from there? Yeah, I was 40 and 2. Um and that was after three of those days my midwife yeah. came over and she did a stretch and sweep um to try and speed things up and she said mm. I've never seen someone in their first pregnancy this happened to which was <laughs> weird and annoying <laughs> <laughs> how did you find this function um pretty uncomfortable mm. wasn't quite what I was anticipating yeah <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I was anticipating but not that um yeah. yeah no it was pretty uncomfortable and yeah. then I think that was that day and then that night at about midnight I woke up and the contractions were much sore than I'd been experiencing. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, I think we started timing them. I couldn't get into any comfortable position. Nothing helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I stayed at home laboring for a couple of hours. And Alex said, I think we need to call Joe. So I I don't, I was one of those people like, oh, no, I don't think we need to call her yet. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he did anyway. And um, when we called Joe, she was actually at the hospital with another birth. Um, so she said, I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to come to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was, I, I wasn't fussed. I just wanted to get going. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, I'm really, really pleased that that happened. Um, yeah. So we went into hospital. Oh yeah. What happened from there? I think we got into the pool and that was about 3 a.m. And I was in the pool laboring for, I think we got to about 5.30. And 
it was so sore. <laughs> so sore. And I just said to Joe, I need I need an epidural. So we got out of the pool. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And she got the anaesthetist to come, and I think they had some trouble with my veins. Um, anaesthetist came and put the IV line in and um, did the epidural. Had a couple of goes from memory, which was sore. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, once that kicked in, it was just like instant relief. I was just so tired, and yeah. I could sort of have a rest. I didn't say I didn't want an epidural, but we were, thought we were going to go to birth care, so I hadn't really mm. thought about it. But just, mm. I'm so glad it worked out the way that it did. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Looking back at it, that must have been the transition phase where yeah. I was like, I need this now. But if maybe if I'd just pushed on, I maybe could have mm. done it. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> um, and then Joe had been there all night, and she very kindly and sheepishly said do you mind if I leave <laughs> I'm really tired <laughs> <laughs> and I said no absolutely please go I didn't want her to stay and mm. um courier um didn't want her to stay and be tired so she handed over to a hospital midwife who was I can't remember what her name was now but she was um a new grad and she was just so beautiful she was <laughs> so nice and I'm just so glad that it worked I would have loved to have Joe there for it but she was just so nice and just made mm. the experience so lovely and it was yeah. just really nice to have yeah. her there um yeah and then I think that was from about 5 30 till maybe 10 ish that I just labored there and then mm. from about 11 till 11 30 pushed and she popped out at, I think it was like 11.30 something. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And where were you? Do you remember like the position that you were in or what did that look like? Yeah, I was just on my back. I think yeah. people were holding my feet up or, that, yeah, yeah that, I think people were holding my feet up. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And she popped up onto your chest and, yeah, what she was. Next? Yeah, she was on my chest and they um, let the cord drain. And I I remember Alex and I just looked at each other and we just were kind of like, A, thank God that's over. And B, yeah. like, oh, my God, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't remember sort of like feeling an overwhelming like happiness. And mm. it was just kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. pretty wild. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think she was on there for – 15 minutes or so before someone um helped latch her onto me and yeah. then they cut the cord oh, I think Alex cut the cord actually yeah he did um 
and she fed and I think I had to get just a couple of stitches. She said it wasn't bad. She could probably leave it, but better probably to stitch it up. So I let them do that. That was fine. And yeah, that was that. Yeah. Amazing. And how long did you spend in the hospital? What did that sort of next day or two look like? Um, we stayed in the hospital for a few hours. Um, everything was all fine. And once I got the feeling back in my legs, <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a shower, we, uh, got discharged and went down to birth care for two, oh, it was meant to be three nights, but we ended up staying two nights because we had birth at the hospital. We had to share, mm have one of the sharing rooms and the mum beside me, her baby was born with teeth, which I didn't know could happen. (laughs) She was very sore. (laughs) So there was Mm, lots of, lots of crying from the mum and the baby while I was Mm. in that room. So we decided after the second night to go home. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find that transition, like taking your baby home and you're a new parent and you've just given birth (laughs) what was that first week at home like it was pretty surreal Mm. um yeah it's almost like I've not like blocked it out but I didn't yeah it was it was quite surreal I can't say that in that period of time I experienced the like overwhelming love and affection Mm. that some people do I was just kind of like and it was almost like an out-of-body experience, like just yeah. existing, trying to keep yourself alive, trying to keep this baby yeah. alive. Yeah. And just sort of like learning to exist and I guess mm. learning to love her. Like it, yeah. it definitely took a while. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find like learning to breastfeed and all of that in that first week or couple of weeks? Mm, yeah. Um The breastfeeding was quite sore. Um, Mm. Definitely the first couple of nights was real sore. I thankfully had expressed some colostrum, so had a few syringes of that to give her while I rested. (laughs) Mm. Um, And, yeah, I had, like, um, cracked nipples and things along the way. Mm. So it was was pretty sore. the midwives were really good at birth care and like the, um, the one that came to my home, it was a different one to um, yeah. who I'd seen through the pregnancy. So they gave me heaps of tips and my mum is actually a lactation consultant. So <laughs> she was super helpful. Mm. Um, yeah, no, pretty sore. That definitely took a few months to kind of ease into and get mm. comfortable. And I had those silverette cups, which were the bomb. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, cool. And I guess when you talk about like, you know, learning to love her or like learning to have that bond with her and um, I mean, you can talk to it, your experience, but do you think that um, maybe because it was a surprise pregnancy or you weren't like expecting or trying to get pregnant and then it's such a life change, like this whole, <laughs> this whole journey is such a change in your life. So what was your mental health like in those first few months of having her and how did you, yeah, how did your bond grow and, and what is that like for you now? 
Yeah, uh, very different now to what it was then. Um, mm. She was born in the beginning of December, so I feel like the f- kind of like few months of summer, I was mm. like stuck inside, um, feeding, doing all of that, and mm. I would just see all of my friends like out at the beach on holidays, yeah. and yeah. it was it was really tough. Um, I'm like the first of kind of like my friend group to have a baby. So mm. they were, they were awesome, but they just didn't understand, I suppose. No, you just don't, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's hard until you sort of have your mm. own kid and figure it out. Mm. Um, yeah. The first few months was, were, was tough. She was a pretty good sleeper. Um, so we were getting good chunks of sleep, but that part was quite hard. I was struggling with that. And then it kind mm. of hit four months and her sleeping went out the window and I didn't realize at the time, but my um, mental health was not good and mm. I was really anxious. I was yes. getting quite depressed and that was, that was around the time of that last lockdown that we were at home mm. and I wasn't seeing anybody. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was tough. I sort of, I definitely resented her for mm. existing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think one day Alex sort of said to me, what's going on? And I just burst into tears and Mm. I couldn't really figure out what it was exactly, but made an appointment with the GP. And then when she asked me what was going on, it like, it all came out. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was, I was a hot mess and I was just... (laughs) super anxious about everything and yeah yeah just I I remember saying that to the GP and to the um mental health counselors I um resent her I yeah which was uh, super sad now to think about but at the time yeah is that was just what I thought yeah and did they give you any like what help were they to you what support did you get what yeah what did that look like yeah, the GP referred me to the um, maternal mental health clinic at mm-hmm. Auckland DHB, and I had appointments with psychologists and social health or social workers, and they were all really lovely. And I had one really lovely social worker who I probably spoke to once a week, um, and they prescribed me some medication, which I still take now for yeah. anxiety and depression, and. Yeah, just lots of lots of working through it all and like finding ways to manage my anxiety. Mm. I've never had anxiety or depression until now. Mm. I suppose there's kind of like tendencies which prior to this might mm. be looked at as being anxious, but not that I've not that it's ever truly affected me like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it took a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your bond like with Lucy now? Like how has that grown? And yeah, I guess, um, what do you feel like now? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, when, just as you were saying that I was like smiling, thinking about her. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's changed so much. Like I love her so much and she is Mm. just the funniest, sassiest, cool, 
coolest <laughs> little girl. Like she's yeah. just so funny. Um, yeah. yeah, and like couldn't imagine life without mm. her. So I'm so mm. glad we we all made it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as hard and as if, it was. Totally, and if because like, I just think like this conversation is so important because there's so many people out there who experience the same thing and are either too scared to like admit that that's the way that they're feeling or they don't get the right support or for whatever reason. So I'd love like if you could give yourself, if you could go back and tell yourself anything or if you could like give a piece of advice or something to someone who might be feeling a similar way do you have anything that sort of comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why I wanted to do this with you today because mm. if my story can help one person, that would just make me feel mm. so much better. But, yeah, my only bit of advice would be to ask for help. Yeah. like I, do, I didn't realise that I needed the help until it was maybe a bit late and it was probably from me not asking for small, small bits of help and it all mm. just spiraling out of control. But, mm. and one other thing that we did in pregnancy was make sure you have someone that like, if you've got a partner or a friend and they can identify something within you that they don't mm. see as being quite right, that they ask for help for you yeah. and just have that conversation yeah yeah because if you can't see it early enough someone else might be able to and then that help can be asked Mm. for but yeah there's there's always help to be given yeah that's such good advice because I think like even if I think about myself and I didn't have you know I, I had a different experience but I found it, I wasn't like aware of the way that I was maybe Mm. behaving or acting at the time because you're so in the thick of it and like you've got this baby and you're sleep deprived and there's Mm -hmm. so much going on. But that's such a great piece of advice around having somebody else who is able to look out for like things that might be really different or behaviors or things that they wouldn't maybe expect to see. And then even if you don't think that you want it, asking for help for you can be like a game changer, right? Absolutely. Mm. And just like the moment I got that help from the GP and from the mental health service and got that medication and my Mm. moods just became stable and I felt like me again. And it just, yeah, yeah, it was such a relief, just that cloud being lifted Mm. off my head. And yeah, yeah, just oh, thinking about (laughs) it now sort of gives me the chills. But yeah, Mm. it's just it's just so important to ask for help yeah amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story Sophie I think like this is one of the most important conversations that I think we've had on the podcast um because I just know that there will be so many people who listen to this episode and go that is either me now or that is exactly how I was feeling and sometimes just having that validated by someone else's experience is enough like all that you need either to look for help or just to feel a little bit less alone so yeah I'm super grateful that you were willing to come on and share your story and be vulnerable with us all no worries um if my story helps one person I'll be really chuffed and yeah Yeah. if anyone if anyone needs to ask a question or whatever then I'm always here and happy to listen amazing thank you 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. And just a reminder, if you are feeling any of these types of feelings that Sophie was talking about or like your mental health um, is suffering, please, please, please talk to someone, ask for help. You are not alone and there is always someone out there who will be able to provide you some support. So yeah, if this episode has brought anything up for you, then please um, ask for help. I will be back with another birth story episode very soon. So make sure you are subscribed for updates and following the show. And yeah, we will talk soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.